You're listening to the Rebel Scum Podcast. You are always scum. Rebel Scum. From odds making to list rankings, we've got you covered. And don't forget to join us on Patreon for early access and exclusive content. Here are your hosts, Brock and James. Hey James, uh, I was behind a car and I had a bumper sticker that said, Porgs on board, like mm. baby on board. Mm. So it's like, don't get too close. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's hilarious. And then I looked at the car. It was a Kia Rondo. Yep. And I think there's a missed opportunity there. Because if this is a Star Wars fan, it should be a Kia Ronto. <laughs> you feel me? 173 episodes. <laughs> and your jokes are... I'm Brock. I'm, this is, I'm James. And this is the Rebel Scum Podcast, where we bring you all the Star Wars... Oh, we got magic shirts! Oh, do we? No, no. Actually, I was wearing that, well, no, and you no, took no. too long. But no, no but, no, we, I, it, no, but it's still Ewa. I'm saying, like, they're Ewa It's shirts. still Ewa, yes. I know it's not but the I same wore, shirt. I'm not blind. Up, up <laughs> until an hour ago, I was wearing that shirt. <laughs> Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. What size shirt? Uh, this is an XL. Yo, yours is a medium. No, right? no, no, no. But you could get away with a smaller size now. Let's be real. Uh, I'm not sure yet. I haven't. Go for See, a small, the- Brock. Don't. <laughs> I agree. I agree with you. I definitely have gone down a size. But um, uh, I can't go to a store and try shirts on. True. No, I, yeah, yeah. really am a large now. (laughs) That's I've, I've been in, I've gained some weight, but I've been in like this, like weird, like medium large for like two years now. And I could get away with a medium, but there's every once in a while you grab one. You're like, well, this is made for a really small, it's like an eighties medium, you know, like, cause the eighties, everybody was a medium and there was a lot smaller. Um, but yeah, I, I saw a picture of us from five years ago around there. And uh, you and I were a lot more hefty back then. A lot more hefty. You look. You've definitely. You've taken advantage of this COVID, and I'm just here drinking rosé. <laughs> a little frosé you should have. <laughs> I've heard this is rosé. Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, not a lot going on in Star Wars land, but it's still um, talkative. Is that a word? Is it still talkative? Things are still happening. Did you watch Gallery today, Friday? Did you watch I Gallery? I did. Uh, you reminded me to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was uh, it was really great. Um, it, it was just a fun. It was like the finale mm-hmm. and it was fun. You know, it was like, I thought it was a good way to, to just wrap it up. Yeah, exactly. And like, it wasn't just like, oh, and here's some uh, filler. It was like, no, no, there's some cool stuff. Like... No, I'm not. I was gonna say one of my top five today is from this episode, uh, but I will wait on it. But like the just the attention to detail. Also, did it blow your mind when they showed uh, Giancarlo Esposito actually holding yes, the dark saber? It did, and it actually looks like the dark saber it, it, in real life. It blew my mind in a f- few ways. First of all, yes, that it was just like, oh, what? 
it's like it's not as there's not as much computer involved as I thought. But it blew my mind even more because he John Favreau speaks to the animator, and then the animator goes, "Well, yeah, I'm working with John Nall a lot on it." And Favreau's like, "Really?" <laughs> Like he's even like, what's going on with like what's going on with the technology? I uh, it, it the series I think the series was, you know, Favreau was like, well, I want to do a Star Wars show, and then Filoni got involved, and then I think the, the for me I think the coolest thing with this series is they they let the Star Wars people do it, you know, like Doug Chang and John Nall and all that, like these people that have been with Star Wars forever were involved and I feel like because of that involvement and because it was a TV show and they had kind of time to work with it because you know you're going to premiere with Disney Plus what's that so they had time to do it all I think it allowed them to embrace the technology and take the technology and push it even for more advanced than they wanted to and because they were like let's just do old school stuff it's like you and I, we've been talking about this forever like putting Jabba the Hutt in a movie or whatever it's it's complicated because it can't just yeah. be a pup. Like people will see past the puppet. Like we're going to look at it and be like, oh, that's a puppet. But they did the blurgs and they did the Ugnots and they did IG, you know, 88 and all that stuff. And, and they pushed it in a way where, and they talk about this a lot where they made it look like what we were familiar with. Like the ATST yeah. in this episode, right? was massive. And they are like, they yeah. couldn't make it smooth. It had to still look like it did, but it needs to look, like it's the year 2019, 2020. And, I, you know, we I, I think about this all the time is I love hand-drawn animation and I, I miss hand-drawn animation, like Disney movies and stuff like that. The problem is, and I got niece and nephew, they're not, they don't care. They want the computer stuff. They want the color, the, the images, the circular forms and all that, the 3D aspect of it. That's what kids want. And that's fair. Like, this is their world now. Selfishly, I want to go back to 2D. So you have to entice those those kids that mindset and you can't do that with 1980 technology you've got to amp it up but you still have to make it appeal to me with that technology not me specifically my age my demographic or i'll make yeah, a exactly. youtube or i'll make a youtube video hating you and women <laughs> yeah <laughs> kathleen, Ke- kathleen kennedy said something great in this episode what was that? I don't remember. But she, <laughs> oh no, she said she actually had she had a really funny line. She goes, "Yeah, and you had." He was like, "This is like an after school club. And we're all doing this project." And she goes, "Yeah, and you all have rich parents." That's. <laughs> I really, I really like the. <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, you can't do this unless you've got a budget." That's what I think we all have to realize too when you talk about the uh, the volume, which they'll be doing with Obi Wan Kenobi. Is you need you, as cool as it is, and as how how practical it could be, it's still a budget. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's you know, you can say whatever you want, but like this is definitely like the way they did this show. Just like whatever the money it took, you know, it's uh, like just thinking of the volume in general. Just like they even said when they were like recreating the cantina, it was like. It's about half of our stuff, and then the rest is just the volume. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my god, That's so insane! But uh, I like the idea that like they took that cantina and just like fixed it up because I never it never dawned on me that there was droids in the bar. Like I knew it was the same cantina, the most size of the cantina, but like, oh yeah, droids aren't aren't welcome there. It's like, oh, I love that little extra little dash of like, oh, 
it's changed here now because the empire is not in charge or something along those lines. Yeah, I, I I love that aspect of that. I did. I I picked up on that, but I did not pick up on R five. Oh no, I had no clue. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part. Of, now that's my fa- he's my favorite droid now. But I, yeah. but the, oh, the thing yeah. is, so I didn't notice it. So I'm actually going to go back and watch that episode. But I didn't notice. But I, I think I thought I think. It was more like he's that type of droid. I didn't think it was the exact droid, right? Like, you know it's yeah. that type of droid. But now it's like, I want to look for the burn on the back. Because Falloon's like, and we should have something like dribbling down. Like, he was burned all the way down. I'm like, this is so... That was a lot of fun. Hearing the the designer, the prop guy. Was it the prop guy? Who was like, we're in the cantina. It's so cool. <laughs> I was like, That's awesome. <laughs> I, did, I did love in this episode that the 501st got a big shout out huge shout out they even interviewed like a ton of them and they just said their names and i thought that was respectful because they do a lot you know you go to conventions all the time and they're there they're always there and they're the nicest people yeah. all the time and they don't ask for anything and they have like their, i did a last year at uh, niagara comic-con I, they let me just take a i i think i donated some money because it was the right thing to do but like you could go up to java and just take a picture with them if you want yeah. Uh, they have like the speeder bikes. They're all in in their cosplay. It's phenomenal. They're great. So I really, I really love that they did that. Yeah, and it's. I think it was cool. I think I feel like Filoni and Favreau. It's hard to tell because they're talking both at the same time, <laughs> but they're. It sounds like they're both in the five hundred first. Yeah, they I was are. Like, what? So Filoni was like, in it, yeah. and then Favreau. Favreau like sounds like he just became a, an honorary That's member. Awesome. Yeah. How do you how do you not put them? They're like, we'll call you to be in our show in actual Star Wars, and they're like, well, how do you how do they be like? Okay, we will let you in here, and they're like, yeah, you will. Yeah. But it, it, the one thing this episode, I think this episode for me, and I'll, I'll let you speak to this, that really solidified in my opinion was Favreau is is the closest thing we've seen to George Lucas because I was watching the episode when they talk about everything. It was taking me back to um, – remember a couple of weeks ago I, I mentioned that um, interview with Gary Kurtz yep. from 2010. So it wasn't that new, but I for some reason just read that. It, and he was talking about how they tried to get the rights to Flash Gordon, but they couldn't because it was right. too expensive. So they just did Star Wars. And I was watching this episode of Gallery, and it, and I, I for some reason I thought of that, that, that interview. The interview clicked in my head when Favreau was talking, and I said, you know what this is? This is George Lucas getting the rights to Flash Gordon. That's what this was to me. I'm like, this is Favreau got the rights to his Flash Gordon. And now he's yeah. playing with the the toys in the toy box. And I was like, this is what it is. So maybe maybe there's an alternate universe right now where Favreau doesn't get to do the Mandalorian and he made his he makes his own Mandalorian now. Who knows? But I'm pretty happy with what we're getting. But that's what I that was the thing that came to me. And I was like, maybe he is maybe Favreau is the mindset of George Lucas closer than we gave him credit to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also love the, the the thing they said where it's like, it's like having your brother's toys and yeah. like you can't get nice stuff. So you take, here's Boba Fett colored in silver, but like, that's a great metaphor. Cause mm-hmm. it's sort of like Lucas where he like, he had to make his own idea happen in a sense, you know, I think there's a lot more to it, but like, he was like, this is what I want to do. The only way I can achieve it is by doing it by my own means. So it's like Favreau's the same idea. Like he's developed a new technology. And then also it's like, we don't have to have the main characters to still be interesting as long as they fall into that Star Wars style. If you just become George, I guess. (laughs) 
Well, fa- I think. Anyways, I think you could, you could definitely argue that Filoni. I mean, he was George Lucas's Padawan for so long, so I don't think there's any debate. Yeah. If I oh, would, yeah. if I would have said Filoni's the next like uh, George Lucas, nobody would argue that. I think, but I think this one opened my eyes more to not that I hadn't before because I, you know, I've always been on board with Favreau. But this one, I was like, he, this is him. If he got Flash Gordon, this is someone who loves and it's, appreciates everything. Yeah, like Filoni definitely is more George Lucas, but like he, you don't get Filoni to this point until you have a Favreau behind it, right? Because Filoni's been around for a long time and done great things, but like now this is like, oh. And Filoni was trained in the Jedi arts. Exactly. And exactly. Favreau is just like Ray. Ray. Favreau is Ray. He just kind of was yeah. like, I just got this. And it turns yeah. out he's the son of the creator of Flash Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, no, it's uh, uh, it was such this episode when I, I read the so I read the title or whatever it was about last late last night. I just happened to I forgot. I just happened to stumble upon what it was about. And I was like, oh, it's gonna be whatever. It's all gonna be blah. And I turned it on this morning because I was off today. I turned it on. I was like, I'll watch it in the morning with a coffee. So I did that. And uh, I yeah, I, I I just thought it was a fantastic episode. Like it just it was like. It, and what you were saying about the the older brother having the good toys and they had like the leftovers. It was like the way they approached the connective tissue and then they kind of made fun of Favreau for being like, look, we got the gun. It's canon. George Lucas was like, I didn't really make that up. <laughs> like that was, I think that was uh, Joe Johnston right. created all that stuff. But it was funny. Like the, the, the love, the love and respect that they all have for George Lucas and the world he created they yeah. never, they never once forget that. They never say this is mine, and they're never. And the other thing too is they're never like, well, you know, you're playing in somebody else's sand. They're never really like that. They they take ownership of everything. Yeah. And maybe because it turned out so well, they, it's easier for them to do that. But I think they were shooting this while they were in post production, so I, it was still kind of like whatever. But they take ownership of every single aspect that they do. Um. So if it worked it's on them. And if it didn't work, it's on them. And they, they know that and they're okay with that. They never say it's tough. Cause you know, we're in the shoes. Of, they never say, well, it's star Wars. It's, it's tough. They never use that excuse, which is, I think the lamest excuse of all. Cause if you're going to go in it, go in it head first and just do what you do. And if it doesn't work, it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, great show. I almost want to rewatch that whole documentary. Uh, but anyways, we're in today's odds. Is that, is that what we do Wait, next? Are we do- Never oh, tell me. Well, we have one more thing to talk about. Are you in a rush? Oh, what's this? It's kind your, of. It's your birthday weekend. What time do you work at? I don't work. <laughs> I don't work till next week. All right. Well, I'm just going to sit here and wait a bit. Okay. <laughs> wait, one more thing to talk about. There's a rumor that it might be a cinema, a TV shared universe, a streaming Star Wars streamed universe. First of all, this doesn't surprise me. Um, but do you think Obi-Wan Kenobi can connect to the Mandalorian or some other shows that they're doing on there? Or, or is that going to be separate from their shared universe? I don't think it can connect to the Mandalorian, but I think there's ways. I think we've talked about this before. Like, perhaps we have Ahsoka in Obi-Wan and then also appear in... Or, I no, it wasn't... I think I said... Because we were talking about Ahsoka as, like, if she got a show, it's like... Perhaps we could do a so- an Ahsoka, a young Ahsoka show, and then 
or I, I can't remember how I flipped. I was like two shows existing somewhat at the same time, so it's like maybe a character is old in one and young in the other to show if it's a, over a jump over time. I don't know if you can do that with Mandalorian, right? Um, so I guess it would be the other way around. Like, uh, I mean, well, obviously it's going to be old Ahsoka. So I'm I'm all for it. Don't forget but that. But then also. The Mandalorian has flashbacks in the first season. Now those flashback flashbacks conclude. Yeah. Uh, to tell, but there's who's saying that there can't be flashbacks in the second season that could tie into Cassian Andor, Obi Wan Kenobi, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yes, sorry, that was it, Cassian Andor. Is it um, too? Are they yeah. too like behind? Like they've already they've already got this train going with Mandalorian, Obi Wan Kenobi, and Cassian. Is it too late for them to connect these things? No, I don't think so because I feel like they've barely started. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. it's like it's not like Mandalorian comes out and then twenty years later a new show comes out. Like hopefully, I mean obviously delay because of COVID, but like hopefully we have a new show of some sort like a whole new title in the next year, year and a half, right? Hopefully. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, they haven't really shot anything, right? The only thing up next is Mandalorian 2, right? Or season 2. Um, well, they're using you, the volume for Obi-Wan. Sorry? They're using the volume for Obi-Wan. Perfect. So, like... So, I guess they're shooting that soon. To... <laughs> um, that's great. Uh but then, sorry, did you say a cinematic TV? A TV shared right. universe. So I guess everything will connect together, which is what I thought they were going to do with the spinoff films. I thought the spinoff films were all going to connect together. Like, not crazy, but I thought, um, like, because originally there was that rumor of Solo being at the end of Rogue One or whatever. Like, I thought they would have little, not big threads but little threads kind of seeping through and through and through and i feel like you know in rogue one wouldn't have been cool if if um where's rogue one it's just something from solo was in rogue one and then you're like oh there's a connective tissue and then you have maul in rogue one then maul would move on to that that's what i thought they were going to do in the in these standalones they did not obviously because i thought that the the saga films would be the saga films, and these other ones would all have a little thread that pieced them all together. I don't know. I don't, they don't seem to do well with. I mean, I, you can argue every Star Wars movie somehow connects in some way, but I, I get what you're saying, like a, a, a like a main character being in this and that, or a storyline weaving through. But the one thing Star Wars doesn't seem to get right right now is having multiple mindsets on things. Now, Mandalorian has proven it wrong, but that's because Favreau's in charge. Favreau. He has multiple directors. Well, the rumor is Filoni will oversee the shared universe. Perfect. He's exactly who needs to do it. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just the, the new saga films are, like, kind of all over the place. And then also Rogue One's a different director. Well... Look at all, like pretty much all these movies have had some kind of weird, like mix up of who's in charge. So that des- definitely needs to be figured out if they want to achieve it. Can they achieve it? Of course, because it's like, again, Mandalorian. <laughs> when in doubt, just sink 
Mandalorian. You're just like, you're fine. You will be fine. Here, here's a hypothetical for you. And I know mm-hmm. you like the last, the last Jedi and a lot of people yep. do. And this is not against the last Jedi, but where do you think star Wars is today? If JJ Abrams does all three sequel trilogy films. I think it would have been no slam against JJ, but just based on those two films and maybe, you know, if JJ does the second one, the third one becomes a totally different movie. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's hard to, this is why I'm asking because people can like rise of Skywalker or hate rise of Skywalker all they want, but rise of Skywalker was playing off of what, what unfolded in last Jedi. And then also the force awakens and the, and the last Jedi is a very non J.J. Abrams movie. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so it would, it like, and I'm just saying it also divided the fan base. Yeah. And so I think the ninth film would probably be regarded very differently by everybody, babe, because the second film would be a completely different animal. Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing though, like JJ made some interesting characters that we were, we were hoping to get more and more about. Um, and you know what? I don't even feel like we got enough. You know, I think we have a general idea of who Kylo and Ray are, but I don't feel like we have any, like when people say, oh, they didn't, they, they started with Finn and then they dropped him. I'm like, yeah, true. But they did that with kind of all the characters in my opinion but that's that's a really generalized, generalized see i thing. think ryan johnson was really only interested in in ray and kylo yeah and a little well, bit of luke but like but but he i don't think he was very interested in finn poe i thought again. i thought he was okay with poe i thought no i not this isn't a knock i'm just saying the move when you watch the movie it's very much ray and kylo whereas um but but the thing I will say is yes, J.J. Abrams gave us very interesting characters. But I didn't think the Force Awakens was. I'm trying to use my words carefully here. No, I know I, I, what I was going to say is that Force Awakens doesn't challenge anything. No, yeah, Last Jedi is it challenges things. Yes, like I think J.J. can make a good movie. I think he can make a good love letter film to his favorite directors. Like look at yeah, uh, oh. What is it? A Super Eight. Super Eight's great, and Force Awakens is good as a movie, but it doesn't. It doesn't make you get. I, I, it's Force it Awakens is a we donut. Had more Star Wars, if that you know. I don't know if that's where you. I call Force Awakens a donut. Yeah, so like it's delicious to look at. It's sort of. Yeah, but it's empty calories. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's still good, and it's like a good jump-off point. But then, like, it kind of go like they decide to make new directors for each one. It's just like I don't know. See, I would say the it's, new. Di- you know what it is? Yeah, go on. You can have different directors, but you have to have one person write the script. That's what I, it has to be. So I would say not so much write the script, but I know you're going like oversee it all. Like Favreau didn't write all eight episodes of The Mandalorian, but every episode feels like it belongs as part of the same show. Uh, and that's that was I think that's what was missing in the sequel trilogy for a lot of people was the connect. It's, it's just this kind of tissue where you're like, okay, and then you're like, okay, and then. Well, like Holdo, I love the Holdo maneuver and I like the character a lot, but Holdo should yep. have been somewhere in the Force Awakens. Yep. Somewhere. Absolutely. Didn't, didn't have to be a character, 
but Holdo should have been. And I think if you if you have one person in charge of it, you look at it and you go, okay. And I said this, I think, last week where I like, I wish Ryan Johnson didn't turn down episode nine. Um, I don't know what that would have meant for anything, but if he didn't turn down episode nine, then we would see. I, I want like his, and you know, if he gets a trilogy, maybe we'll get it, but I don't know if that's going to happen. But his mindset was somewhere, and it was somewhere different from J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. I've had the Never Tell Me the Odds graphic cool. up for a long time. No, I'm not going to because you're you're trying to get out of this. Never yeah. Tell Me the Odds is brought to us by Patreon. Are you wearing that shirt out tonight? No, I wear Star Wars for our uh, our podcast. Uh, I'm just wondering. Uh huh. I don't have the paper. Are you going Here to a, go. Are you going to a vegan place tonight? No, I am going to go in my pool because I've been waiting all day to do this podcast. All right. No, I am not letting you in your pool. Can I come? Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> if I have COVID, I hope not. The pool would kill all of my germs. All right, I'm coming down. I'll see you in a, in an hour and a half, two hours. Okay, Brought to Patreon. us by Patreon. <laughs> our Heidi Feder, Al Jewler, Barry Brophy, Dennis Allen, Mary Kristen Aton, Jeff Wilson, Phil Staniforth, Janet Rubio, Rachel Alford, Austin Scher, Scott D, Andy Higgins, Josh Price, Mason Hope. Matt W. Rez, Rural Farm Boy, Frank Perkins, Sooner, Thrawn, Neil Lowry, D. Raven, Spencer, Gleek, Play one automated joy, Disney, Desi, Charlotte, Kayla Davis, Aaron Quinton, Jericho, Kane, Girls with Sabras, and the Den of Nerds. <laughs> What's the odds today? I have watched Sonic the Hedgehog three times in the last week, <laughs> and I've watched Ninja Turtles twice. Last night I watched Ad Astra with Brad Bradley Pitt. If I don't read the odd, I'm taking away from your pool time, so that's what I'm I'm doing right now. So you're gonna be thirty nine on Sunday. You're thirty nine on Sunday, Brock. Thirty nine on Sunday. No, that's you. Son of a (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna pretend you're you're the same age as me. We're both turning (laughs) mid thirties. Yeah. I am a year away Uh, from voting. Odds of Ahsoka being in the being the live action glue. Odds of Ahsoka being uh, the glue that binds the live action series together. She did it for the animated stuff. Will she do it for the live action? I think it's possible. Um, I think it's just we like her in the animated. Are we going to like her in the live action? I don't know. Sort of thing. Yeah. Because I don't think she's going to be a main character in Mandalorian. I could be wrong. I have no idea. I'm Maybe cute. in the third season she will. I'm curious what, if she does appear in Mandalorian season two, which it really sounds like she will. What someone like Aaron's opinion will be of her? Yeah, no, that's the thing. That's what I was just gonna say. It's like it's not whether we like her; it's as if the non-Star Wars yeah. fan like her. Like so. Aaron could... and my and my parents and people like that that yeah. watch this show. Are they gonna be like, oh, she seems interesting, or are they just? I have a feeling that this that Ahsoka using the show might just. For them, might just be, oh, that was just another character. Like, they might not think anything of it. So I'm going to go 50-50 full Brock on this because uh, there's a lot of things that have to happen. And who knows? Uh, Rosario Dawson might not be good at the character. I don't know. That's a lot to say. 
Brock. I'm gonna go full Brock. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's, I, I think it's I think they are. I think they will if she plays well. Imagine if it's Moff Gideon. If Moff Gideon is in Obi Wan and Cassian. I hope they don't ruin Moff Gideon. I hope he remains just like this stoic, menacing villain. Yeah. Uses his brains. Yeah. I really like that that aspect of the character. Our next odd, uh, the odds of Baby Yoda appearing on a second show, a non-Mando show. Will Baby Yoda, will Ahsoka take Baby Yoda and bring Baby Yoda to Mace Windu's uh, granddaughter, Mesa Windu? I would say if Baby Yoda could talk a lot more, then yes, very high. I don't think it's going to talk a ton, so I'm going to go with 25%. Yeah, I'm going to go. And I think, yeah, I think Favreau doesn't want to let it go. <laughs> and you can, look, they struck lightning in a bottle with Baby Yoda. And I think they realized that when they had the puppet and they were like, oh, like I, the puppet looks amazing. I, you have, you know, when you see the puppet and I think, you know, you see the, the, the sketches and the concept and all looks great. But when the puppets in front of you and you see the puppet move and someone like Werner Herzog is directing the puppet because the puppet is so realistic. I think you look at it differently, but I think you also have to respect the fact that you can't overuse this. And even on the show, you know, the child, Baby Yoda's in every episode, but it's used like Kramer in Seinfeld. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, okay, here's everything's going, Baby Yoda. And now everything's going again, Baby Yoda, just to get you, like, just to bring you in. And you have to use them sparingly, because if you don't, and you start overusing Baby Yoda, like this merchandise that's starting to hit now, you start to overdo it, and people will be like, mm, I'm all kind of getting over Baby Yoda. Like, Baby Groot was fine, and then became Teenage Groot, and... No one cares about yeah. teenage Groot. Everybody wants baby Groot. Um, and I, I look, think baby Groot, teenage Groot worked for the story. That's not what I'm saying, yeah, but yeah. yeah. I think uh, if they do a huge time jump for the next trilogy or whatever, then you can bring him back because he'll probably be able to talk or something. You know, you can make him your new Yoda of some sort or Yoda-esque character or maybe totally different from Yoda. So you're like, oh, that's different. Yeah, if he's raised by a Mandalorian, do you think he'll be as wise as Yoda? Who knows? Like, there's so much unknown about the character that's like, how do? Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I'm a big baby Yoda. The first time I saw, I was like, oh my god, they did it! They did baby. Like, it was just so. It was amazing how unexpected that was. Yeah. Oh, totally. Hold on a second. I'm being asked by Sheldon, when do you record your podcast? Recording now. And our final ad today, thank you, Patreon. Um, the odds of a Skywalker appearing in a live-action movie by the end of this decade, by the year 2030, will a Skywalker appear in live-action? Oh, yeah. Film, movie, you, you in the theater. You could left it. Yeah, yeah. You've left it open ended, so anything is possible. Like, 
Uh, it could be any Skywalker. Like Kevin you know, Garnett. I know there's not a lot of Skywalkers, but I can't see that door absolutely closing. The main character? No. In a movie? Yes. Like, that could be anything, right? So I'm going to go 85%. I'm going to go 57 I'm low. I think they're going to wait a while. Now, if Star Wars theatrically is starting to fade and they really need to boost it, I think you bring the Skywalkers back. And I think... I don't know, I, think I, I would. I honestly, I would. And not as a main character, of course. But I would. Because I think the thing... I, and I don't, I don't know how I'm going to word this. But Star Wars is great. And I've said this before, where it's fantastic because I got into Star Wars when I was a kid, whether it was the movies or toys, and you got into it whether it's movie or toys. People get because you know because of the books, because of the sequel trilogy, because of the prequels, because of Jar Jar, because of what, whatever it could be, whatever. Everybody got into Star Wars with something different. Rebels sequels, but I think the thing with Star Wars that makes it and 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 you said this that I would appreciate it last week on on the gallery show, is that the movies are. The center, in my opinion, and maybe it's just my opinion, but this is, I'm, I'm half of this podcast, so I can say my opinion. The movies are the center of the Star Wars universe. Everything else expands from the movies, hence expanded universe. It all takes the movies and then goes from there. And I think the thing that, you know, and they, they're like, this is the end of the Skywalker saga, and that's all well and good. But for me, I just... Don't forget that George Lucas made this a family drama. The minute Vader becomes Luke's father, it's a family drama. The minute Leia becomes Luke's sister, it continues to pass you. This is a family drama. This is about a family. So you could call it the Skywalker saga, but at the end of the day, it's this connective tissue of these characters. And it's that emotional investment that we have that brings us to the theater to continue to watch. Something else, an X-Wing for you, Brock, might take you to a video game or a book or a comic. But the movies, they need, they need to have more of this emotional base for it. And we all, yeah. need, to, we all need to feel a connect, connection to it. And you can't just make up whatever you want because it's star wars because star wars has been the skywalker saga and that's what and it has been luke han and leia luke han and leia then he makes the prequels but it's still a skywalker involved in those prequels Mm -hmm. yeah and and i think it's important not to forget that aspect of it and so i'm i think it's low but i'm with you where Mm. you have to remember it, it if you want to move, like, and I said, the sequel trilogy for me, I would have been fine if Han, Luke, and Leia were pushed to the side and yep. and Ray, Finn, and Poe, or whoever they had, would go on and do their own thing. And they're like, bye, guys. And the other three just wave to them and they move on and we forget about the. I'm okay with that because you're still acknowledging what came before, but you're moving on. Whereas now they're just like, it's over. And you're like, is it? <laughs> I don't know, man. Yes, you do. It's not over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. Oh, now we can't monetize this episode. There's an episode we didn't monetize because I played the song from the holiday special on my phone. Right, yeah. And they're like, you can't monetize. I said, are you kidding me? We, so we didn't make 30 cents on that one. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on to Holland news. Da 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 Holland. It's hollow, hollow. Where'd you get that shirt from? Uh, JC Penny. <laughs> hollow news, the news you need to know right <laughs> now. My mic is muted. This is your Hollow News. Uh, earlier this week, we saw a game engine teaser trailer for Star Wars Squadron. And a couple days ago, we got the gameplay footage for it, um, showing a lot of exciting real-time gaming stuff. It looks really beautiful, really puts you in the cockpit of X-Wing, A-Wing, Y-Wing, U-Wing, TIE Fighter, TIE Inceptor, TIE Bomber, and TIE Reaper. But also, with the story mode, the single-player story mode that we're used to, we will have a multiplayer online version called Fleet Battles, where you will work with a group of four, three or four other players in a squadron, and you'll plan out your attack. Um, and... It is saying here that the campaign story, where you can choose to be the Empire or the rebellion you set a bit after return of the jedi which will have players create two pilots um so either or so i'm very curious to see what the story is like and hoping that there's some kind of overlap so you can see different variations of what a battle will be depending on which side you're on and that will be out october 2nd for 39.99 i am very excited for this game and don't forget this has a vr version to it so that is pretty impressive if you got your vr uh, ps4 vr helmets definitely worth the tryout um in books they will be putting out a star wars the dark legend a follow-up to the acclaimed star wars myths and fables reuniting uh, writer george mann and artist grant griffin for seven new fables set in a galaxy far far away with a sith take uh where they, it'll be a lot of the dark side and a lot of spooky stories uh, it will be released July 28th next month. And if you go over to StarWars.com, you can see some pictures and a and a excerpt sort of of the artist sort of explaining what you're seeing. Uh, you see a, a version of a story called Blood Moon, uh, Master and Servant, and Predece uh, Predecessor. Very cool pictures. One has a Vader helmet on. I think the story has to roll, goes around like why his helmet looks the way it does. I'm not quite sure, but if you're a big Sith Lord fan, check it out. It comes out July 28th and is available for pre-order now. In the latest E.K. Johnson Star Wars novels, Queen's Peril is revealed that Master Yoda sensed something was amiss, and the bulk of the book is set before the Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace, and his one key scene where Mace Windu walks in on Yoda while he is meditating, the aged uh, Yoda can sense a strange absence in the Force, which can be only described as nothing. The book says the light surrounded him, the dark, a comfortable distance from the lights of his perception, and yet there was something rather, so there was something rather, there was nothing, and it eluded him. Although. Yoda doesn't know. He's sensing the concealment of the dark side by none other than Palpatine, the Dark Lord of the Sith. Ever heard of him? Uh, and he believes the dark side is a comfortable distance away, but in his truth, it is stalking the corridors of power in Coruscant and will soon take command of the Republic. So if you want to learn more, check out that book. That is exciting. Wow. Yoda's first experience with Palpatine. And this has been your Hollow News. Moses, we are transparent. 
Yeah. Okay. Sure. And I think at the, don't I? I think I say at the beginning of this episode, your birthday is on Sunday, and this is going up on a Tuesday now. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice shirt yeah, though. Well, I I, also, yeah, I kind yeah. of wish that I had that shirt because then yeah. when we came out of this, we could have reversed the shirts that we were wearing and really thrown everyone <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> but we're on our top five our 173rd top five i believe is 173 um we'll have episode 174 later this week if we can both <laughs> figure it out uh we'll talk um and our top five what's today's top five top five disney gallery moments yeah Ooh, that, making uh, by the way there's a making of uh Frozen coming out on Disney Plus. Coming out Frozen, and it's called. It's not called Gallery. It's called Into the Unknown. So I guess Gallery is either exclusive to Mandalorian or maybe exclusive to live action. Uh, Look, Into the Unknown is a great title for it. Um, Mm -hmm. No beef there, but it's weird that they're just like they don't worry about shows. They're like everything is its own show. Top five moments from Mando. Uh, My number five. What Kathleen Kennedy said. When Jeff and Filoni were talking about how they had, uh, uh, they were an after-school program, and Kathleen Kennedy, yeah, said, yeah, but with rich parents. I like that because they acknowledged that the the thing, the reason why I actually I like that was it was funny, but it was also, you know, they were talking about how they could do all this stuff. It's like you can't do that unless you have the budget. <laughs> so you got to sit back. Like the reason why it all worked out is because every episode was, you know, ten million dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number five is in the last episode where where they're showing George Lucas the, the <laughs> yes. and he's like, "This is this is from the the holiday special. This is the, you made this up." He's like, "Not exactly." It's like, "Come on, like, <laughs> I loved it because you know Favreau knows all about that show. You know, it's not like Favreau's like, "Hey." Somebody told me that's from that thing you made. Yeah. <laughs> like he knew exactly what he was doing. It was like, nah. uh, my number four is uh, the moment that I think got everybody, everybody excited is when Dave Filoni talked about Qui Gon and Duel of the Fates, and how he 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 explained why the Phantom Menace is the greatest Star Wars movie of them all. <laughs> My number four is when Bryce Dallas Howard says, uh, Kathleen Kennedy says, a good Star Wars character it always has a silhouette so that even if you can't see their face, you know who they are. That's a good one. My number three is uh, when uh, the composer says, well, I bought this uh, recorder and I, I stayed in my room and I played a song. <laughs> I was like, a recorder? I learned hot cross buns, three blind mice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you could do more than that on a recorder. And he's like, wah, 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 wah. I was like, what? And then he, he cuts and he's on the piano and fantastic stuff. My number three is the same because I I've no, I knew of Ludwig Gordonson. He I first heard of him on Community. I'm pretty sure he did some of their musical stuff. Like he wasn't the main guy, but he was there. But then that's how he met Donald Glover, as you see in the documentary. And yeah. works with him with Alicia Gambino, a bunch of things. And that guy's name is sort of like, everywhere but he's not i don't know like i don't think he was people talk he was roommates with ryan coogler in college yeah yeah that's like, oh it becomes cooler and cooler the more you screw, learn screw screw both of you guys <laughs> like <laughs> so, like how that is just like like 
god or the gods or the force being like come yeah. together like it's like this match made in heaven and yeah. it's uh and i think they both probably owe a lot of everything to each other so that was kind of yeah. i didn't know that until i watched the show um that was cool yeah, yeah. no fantastic a lot. i get excited about the music because i'm like yeah okay cool <laughs> and i think i think the music in that show was perfect because it wasn't star wars but you knew yeah. it was part of star wars and it just it, it fit it fit uh perfectly uh whereas i think rogue one and i think solo had really good music but i think both of those ones they were kind of like oh we're star wars like they're they're it's really tough right and i think it's gonna be tough for whoever does the next movie um to figure out the music i think i think that's the hardest part of star wars because you have that iconic score if you don't use it why aren't you using it but if you do use it you're just rehashing that iconic score uh, my number two is uh the silhouettes line by bryce dallas howard I, it's like yeah it's it's she's kathleen kennedy said it but it's so simple but it's so honest and actually i'm holding up the i have the, i was cleaning out some stuff so i have this thor mystery box thing rob gave me this but the thing is you think about it, like thor is similar right like you would know if i didn't if i this was a yeah. silhouette you would know so I, there's characters and i think it's it's like iconic characters you always know based on yeah. the silhouette yeah uh my number two is going to be the volume the it's insane. Like it, the technology is crazy and it's going to change everything. Like it's, it's exciting to look at. You're like, wow. It's like, this is what it was like when the people watched the train going into the tunnel all those years ago. I'm like, yeah, wow. <laughs> that's my number one. <laughs> Just... My number one is, or sorry, did you do number two? Yeah, I did. It's your turn. Yeah. Yeah. My number one is anything Dave Filoni says in the entire <laughs> how he basically explains why Anakin is the way he is and how it all comes back and I'm just like but even the parts where he's like and then you have these moments where you're like no Star Wars is for kids <laughs> that so that should have been my number one actually that's that's the line it wasn't Bryce Dallas we were talking about before but that wasn't Bryce Dallas Harris it was Filoni when he said sometimes people get too yeah and he says it's great but sometimes it's just for kids and you have to take the step back and it's not it's not this and it's not that. It's literally yeah. good versus evil. That's what it is. And uh, sometimes stories are better off when they're that simple. And yeah. I think the main stories should, they work better. Uh, when he even, when Favreau was like, the the, the the theater movies are the main attraction. Right. Like, yeah. And they should stick to their guns and let every, I let the novels, the, the shows, the, the video games comics let all those do their job and expand but you guys stick to good versus evil tell us a fun story the movies have never been about giving us more information than we need the prequels you could argue maybe once in a while but uh, and mark hamill has a cameo in mandalorian and he revealed yes. he revealed now he is also in rogue one and solo oh really did that just come yeah up? he just announced he goes now the cat's out of the bag uh, for that, I can tell you that I am in. Hold on, he says the name that he's in. I put Luke, <laughs> Luke Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. He puts down. He says he um um do, 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 do. just a second. He goes look for the name. Look for the name Patrick Williams. Look for parts played by Patrick Williams. 
So he's, yeah, so he says, thanks to Matthew Wood for using me in Rogue One, Solo, and the sequels. So I do have lines in episode seven. Hint, look for parts played by Patrick Williams. I think it's episode seven lines. They revealed them, but I can't remember what they were. Um, yeah, so he's been, he's he's now breaking. He's been in every Star Wars movie except for the prequels. Do you think Warwick Davis pissed that he's doing this now? It's like, hi, that, that was my thing. <laughs> no, I think War- I mean we've seen Warwick Davis. We don't know him, but we know him. I think he's he's <laughs> kind of like when we were at the thing. I know like, you're like freaking out, and then he goes Lindsay right in front of you. I <laughs> I have that video I've seen. I think um no because he still gets asked. Like he played Wicked again with his son. He yeah. can't complain. You know he yeah. can't complain. That's kind of the coolest thing ever. All right. 173 of these puppy dogs coming to you right here on the Rebel Scum Podcast Network. It's the Spotify. Spotify. Spotify is a different thing in Ontario. Spotify, Podcast, Apple. I don't know anything. 173 of these, eh? Uh, uh, Apple, Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google uh, Podcast, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and... That's a few others. <laughs> Hooray! Check us out wherever That's you... really hot. I'm sweating. Yeah, all right, Brock, anything else you want to say? Uh, no. Uh, happy birthday, James. Happy birthday, Brock. And you know what? I say that from the bottom of my heart because you were always scum. Rebel scum. Hey, scumbags. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.